Good day. This is Dan Washko dialing in another Hacker Public Radio. And today I'm going to continue my series on software licensing. Last episode, which was the first episode, we talked about the uh, GNU GPL, which is the GNU General Public License. And uh, just just uh, to give a a quick rehash of the GNU GPL of what it means. Uh, it is a quote free software license, and by free we mean free as in liberty, free as in uh, not price, not beer, but free as in freedom, uh, liberal, liberty, whatever. Anyway, basically there are four tenants provided by the GNU GPL. That is the right to run the pro- the right you have to run the program for any purposes. That's right zero. Freedom zero. Freedom one is the right to distribute the unmodified source code. So you can distribute the program, give it away to everybody else. Freedom three is the right or the freedom to view the source code, which uh, requires that you have access to the source code. And uh, freedom four provides you the right to modify the source code. Now, the basic restriction, or if you can call it a restriction, the basic requirement of the GNU GPL software license under the GNU GPL is that in order to comply with those four freedoms, that any modifications that you make and then uh, the software that you have created from those modifications if you distribute it you must make the uh, provide access to the modifications to the modified source code and document clearly where you made your modifications uh, in conjunction with that if you were to add on or write software that makes use of code GPL code, you are required to release your software under a license. Well, specifically, the GNU GPL would be best, but under a license that doesn't provide any restrictions violating the rights of the GNU GPL. Um, so that, in a nutshell, is the GNU GPL. Now, the two licenses that we're going to talk about today work in conjunction with the GNU GPL, and that's the Afero GPL, also known as AGPL, and the Lesser GNU Public License, uh, LGPL. Now, we're going to start with Afero GPL because one of the um, criticisms levied against the GNU GPL is how it does not target such things as software as a service. Um, cloud computing, so to speak, is a big word, and uh, application or services that s- companies like Google and Yahoo provide that are, quote, in the cloud, like Gmail, uh, Google Docs, uh, and other applications. Twitter is a great example. Um, we'll probably stick with the Twitter example about how those applications are built on uh, a largely a lot on free software or open source software and open standards, making use of stuff like uh, Java, PHP, Python, and languages that are by and large free in nature, but do not provide access to the source code. Um, if you listen to Bradley Kuhn's uh, episode three of, or it's actually episode two because they started at zero. Episode two of the Software Freedom Law Center. He has an awesome speech on these issues and the Afero GPL and and 
looking forward. Also, uh, the link I provided to Eben Moglin's uh, O'Reilly talk about you know freedom in and in the future, looking ahead in the future, the Afero GPL tries to uh, provide a better bridge towards the uh, GPL and the software and the cloud computing. Uh, they make the analogy that um, the Afero GPL provides that, that bridge between the restrictive more copyleft GPL, which would be more of the uh, the less restrictive in this case, like the BSD license and uh, the Afero GPL. So in, in this case, what we're seeing is the G- actual GPL is more permissive than the Afero GPL in these instances, because the GPL does, as one of its attendants, to to allow you, you know, the, one of the freedoms is to run the software as you see fit, and that is also the ability to run the software for somebody else. So on Gmail, you are essentially, when you sign up for Gmail and use it, or when you sign up for Twitter, let's stick with the Twitter example, uh, you are, are allowing Twitter to run that software on their server and provide you the service. You're allowing them to run it for you, essentially is what it comes down to. You're giving them the permission. So under the tenants of the GPL, um, because they are running the software for you and not providing you the software, so to speak, uh, they're not required to release to you or anybody else the source code. They're not distributing software to you. They are providing a service to you by running the software for you. Now, the Afero GPL, uh, they want to, so quote, uh, close the loophole in the GPL that permits making a modified version and letting the public access it to it on a server without releasing a source code to the public. Uh, you know, when you're running a, a software for, as a service, uh, there's that was also called the ASP loophole, that the software as, as a service and not actually the software yourself, you're running the software as a service, uh, they're not required under the GPL to provide you with the source code. So the Afero GPL, on the other hand, says it requires the operator of a network server to provide the source code of the modified version running there to the users of that server. Therefore, public use of a modified version on a publicly accessible server gives the public access to the source code of the modified version. Uh, if you're going to use a Faro GPL, a GPL software, and provide that software as a service to people, you must also provide to them the source code, make it available, and if you modify it, just like under the GPL, you must also make available to the users of your service the modifications to the source code. Um, if you modify the source code, you must document the source where you had modified, indicating your modifications. Uh, your work may be released under the GPL, and if it's interactive, user interfaces must display appropriate legal notices unless the program did not do so already. All right, the idea behind the GPL is to close the application service provider loophole in the GPL. Um, again, for example, Twitter makes use of GPL software to provide the service. Because the GPL allows you to run the software for another person, you are not contractually obligated to release the source code or the modifications you make. You are providing the service, not the source code. A GPL-related software will require Twitter to release the source code to the users of their service. 
both the original and the modified versions. Now, this would be akin to, you know, Laconica. It is a Twitter-like service, a microblogging service server that is released under the, I believe, under the HEPL, and the source code is freely available to you. Um, so, in essence, if you want to get a little deeper into the license of the Afero GPL. Uh, Section 13 of the AGPL and the GPL allow for the combining of these licenses. This is where it all takes place. And this is what it says. Notwithstanding any other provision of this license, you have permission to link or combine any covered work with a work license under version 3 of the GNU General Public License into a single combined work. And to convey the resulting work the terms of this license will continue to apply to the part which is the covered work, but the work with which it is combined will remain governed by version 3 of the GNU public, general public license. So essentially what that means is uh, section 13 of the AGPL specifically says, you know, it provides the, the, the allowance to combine AGPL software and just general GP, GNU GPL software in a way that only the sections covered by the AGPL are required to be released under the HGPL, and if you modify those sections, they too must be released under the HGPL, but the remainder may be still released under the GPL. Um, that is the, uh, the, the both the GNU GPL and the AGPL provide allowances in their licenses so that they can work together. It's the only one of the few cases where a more restrictive license may apply, and in this case, a GPL software, the, you cannot be more restrictive on GPL software, so the AGPL allows for allowances of GPL software under the AGPL. Um, okay, so back again to the Twitter example, and the whole heart of this is looking a little towards the future. Um, again, what the AGPL is trying to conv- you know, provide the, the freedoms and the uh, rights of users of software as a service, quote, cloud computing, um, the ability to maintain access to the source, to not be locked in, so to speak, and to, uh, as, as Bradley Kuhn had put it in his, his speech, the concern that when we move from software in the you know, data center to software on the computer, um, you know, the whole reason the GPL came about, which I talked about before, was in the past, hardware manufacturers weren't as as interested in the software. It, it, the software was a means to sell hardware. And then software became a little more prominent and software licensing came along and everything started to get locked up. And then we had uh, Stallman, re- you know, creating the GNU Foundation. So you had a situation where software went from being free to being locked. Now we have acquired the freedoms again uh, under GNU software and uh, the free software licenses and as we move then to the internet networking computing and what we call cloud computing once again the concern is what we're seeing is a lockdown again of the software and accessibility to the source where you're accessing it in more of a thin client manner where you have a a client that you access the actual software from a service provider, which you don't have the rights, you don't have the ability to look at the code, you don't have the ability to take your services elsewhere because you are locked in. You know, you use Gmail, you are locked into the Gmail community. If you want to go somewhere else, you can take your, you can get your 
uh, email out of Gmail in some cases, and you can get your address book, and you can move somewhere else, but you lose access to the, quote, Gmail community. For instance, again, Twitter. You can stay on Twitter, you can use Twitter, but you are locked into Twitter. All right? If you want to move to a different service, it's really... You know, you can, but you lose access to that Twitter community. People on Twitter may and generally can't get access to you. And uh, your access to Twitter is limited unless you have a Twitter account. So you move to Identica or Laconica service, or you could use Identica. But the thing about Identica, unlike Twitter and Laconica, is I run a, 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 a Laconica s- uh, instance of server we do for uh, TLLTS and Linux Outlaws runs one and other people run one and then there's the uh, the official Identica server servers which is Laconica and the difference between that and Twitter is it's more distributed uh, we run it, we control our server but at the same time the Linux Outlaws guys they control their own and they run their community but we are able to subscribe to stuff on the Linux Outlaw server as they are able to subscribe to stuff on our server and we can subscribe to stuff on the Identica and it's all shared and distributed. It's getting closer. Now, what they're ultimately working for towards um, in addition to access to the source code is uh, access to your data Um, because equally important as a source code is your data. Right now in a lot of the cloud computing services your data is locked up in the service provider. You do not have access to your data uh, in some respects. It's not necessarily under your control. Um, while you do maintain, you know, in, in Gmail, you do have your email, you do have your uh, address book, and in, in, in Twitter, you have your posts there, which you have access to, um, to fully remove that information and take it somewhere else, you don't necessarily have that ability. Um, and still in a lot of the Afero GPL-based applications, uh, Laconica, some of that accessibility has not yet been implemented, but that's kind of one of the goals that they're looking to do, that in in the future, as we move forward, um, it's just not about access to the source code, but also to your data, and to be able to take your data and go elsewhere with it if you so choose and have a similar community and similar functionality and not be locked into a single vendor and thus lose your freedoms. Uh, Just a general history of the Afero GPL. Um, A guy by the name of Henry Poole, who was the founder of Afero, incorporated a web server business. Uh, His desire in building his own web services was he wanted to close the ASP loophole, you know, the software as a service, not requiring the release of the source code. Um, with the help of Richard Stallman and Bradley M. Kuhn and Evan Moglin, they released version 1 of the Afero GPL and it was considered for inclusion in GPL version 3, but it is uh, it was left as a separate license. Again, um, one of the rights that the GPL affords you is to run software, even if that means software uh, allowing someone else to run the software for you. Uh, and they did not want to restrict that freedom in the GPL version 3, so that's what the Afero GPL is for. Now, that aside, let's move on to a little more, uh, in some respects, confusing license, and that is the LGPL, or the Lesser General Public License. Um, 
Now, the LGPL, the purpose of that is it allows for the conveyance of work under sections 3 and 4 of this license, of the lesser GPL license, to not be bound by Section 3 of the GNU GPL. So what is Section 3 of the GNU GPL? Well, it says when you convey a covered work, you waive any legal power to forbid circumvention of technological measures to the extent such circumvention is affected by exercising rights under this license with respect to the covered work, and you disclaim any intention to limit operation or modification of the work as a means of enforcing against the works users your third party's legal rights to forbid circumvention of technological measures. In a nutshell, what we're talking about here is uh, with the lesser GPL, um, the sections three and four of the lesser GPL are not bound by section three of the GNU GPL. Use section three and four of the lesser GPL, and that means the GPL essentially says, you know, if you are going to use this software or, you know, any conveyed work uh, that you produce using, you know, linking to the GNU GPL software, uh, you must provide them with the modifications that you do, the software, uh, the source code of the software that you uh, are using, and you cannot restrict them in any f- uh, way that violates the the GPL. Now, there are under sections three and four of the lesser GPL, uh, this uh, this kind of eases that restrictiveness and assurance of strong copyleft of the GPL. Uh, it attempts to be a compromise between the strong copyleft of the GPL and permissive licenses such as the BSD license. And that is a Wikipedia quote there. Uh, that the lesser GPL is is a compromise between strong copyleft GPL and permissive licenses such as the BSD license. Uh, so... Applications written linking to the lesser GPL software can be under any license provided the software is not a derivative work. So a derivative work is essentially a work based upon one or more pre-existing works. Uh, An application that dynamically links to the library is not considered a derivative work. Also, static linking is allowed if either the source code or linkable object files are provided. Applications not written under the GPL can link to LGPL libraries under certain conditions, which uh, we're going to discuss in a minute here. So essentially, what this allows is uh, it allows for the use of GPL libraries or or the ability for lesser GPL, the the libraries under the LGPL to be used in, in some ways, in proprietary applications. And uh, we'll get a little more into uh, the concepts behind that and why or when you should use the lesser GPL and when you shouldn't, according to the GNU Foundation. But anyway, this is where it's going to start to get a little bit on the uh, dry side, if you haven't considered this dry already, because there's a lot of legalese here on it, and, and according to the license. But under the LGPL, provided that you make... Okay, you can convey modified versions of the software under the GP, LGPL, provided that you make the best effort to reproduce the functionality or operation of the application, even if it does not produce discernible function or data or under the GPL with none of the additional permissions of this license applicable. Um, Essentially, if you take LGPL software and you modify it, you must release it again under the LGPL 
uh, and make the best effort to reproduce the functionality or operation of the application, uh, even if it doesn't dis produce any discernible function or data, uh, but or you have to release it under the GPL. So it, you can't take LGPL library, modify it, and release it under a more restrictive license. It's either got to be GPL or LGPL. Um, the object code containing material from the headers, uh, conveying the object code. The object code form, form of the application may incorporate material from a header file that is part of this license. You may incorporate object code under the license of your choice, provided that it is incorporated. The incorporated material is not limited to numeric patterns, data structures, accessors, small macros, inline functions, and templates fewer than 10 lines in length. Um, again, what that means is that if you want to... Essentially, what that means is uh, if you are uh, in some way linking to the library and making use of the object code from the library headers uh, and your object uh, must be um, incorporated material is not limited to numeric patterns, data structure layouts, access or small macros, inline functions, and templates. Um, you must do one of the following. Give prominent notice with each copy of the object code that the library is used in it and that the library and its use are covered by the lesser GPL and accompany the object code with a copy of the GNU GPL and this license document. So you must give attribution where attribution is required. Uh, combined works. You may convey a combined work under the terms of your choice that, taken together, effectively do not restrict modification of the portions of the library contained in the combined work and reverse engineering for debugging such modifications if you also do each of the following. You give prominent notice with each copy of the combined work that the library is used in it and that the library and its use are covered by this license. Accompany the combined work with a copy of the GNU GPL and this license document, the lesser GPL, for combined work that displays copyright notices during execution, include the copyright notice for the library among these notices, as well as a reference directing the user to the copies of the GNU GPL and its license document, and do one of the following. Convey the minimal corresponding source under the terms of this license and the corresponding application code in a form suitable for and under the terms that permit the user to recombine, relink, the application with a modified version of the linked version to reproduce to produce a modified combined work in the manner specified by section 6 of the GNU GPL for conveyance conveying corresponding source or uh, use a suitable shared library mechanism for linking with the library. A suitable mechanism is one that uses a runtime copy of the library already present on the user's computer system and will operate on the user's computer system uh, will operate properly with a modified version of the library that is interface compatible with the linked version or provide installation information but only if you would otherwise be required to provide such information under section 6 of the GNU GPL and only to the extent that such information is necessary to install and execute a modified version of the combined work produced by recombining or relinking the application with a modified version of the linked version. Ouch, that is a lot of information and a mouthful. Uh, 
let's just forge on through here. Combine libraries. You may place library facilities that are a work based on the library side-by-side -side in a single library together with other library facilities that are not applications and are not covered by this license and convey such a combined library under terms of your choice if you do both of the following. A company to combine library with a copy of the same work based on the library uncombined with any other library facilities conveyed under the terms of this license and give prominent notice when the combined library that part of it is work based on the library and explaining where to find the accompanied uncombined form of the work. Now, I understand why I, I think the LGPL, and a lot of people say the LGPL is a little more confusing than the GNU GPL and even the FARO GPL because it's, it's a little more in complicated to weed through that. Um, when, you know, you look at the, the GPL, essentially you have the four freedoms and that you cannot restrict those four freedoms. Uh, with the lesser GPL, essentially you have the same thing at the heart of it. Uh, um, the recognition that under the GPL, there are those four freedoms and that the lesser GPL then says... Yeah, GPL software is great, but we also have to exist in some respects in a world where, you know, there's either less permissive licenses like the BSD or proprietary licenses and how in some ways can we facilitate uh, working together and, and promotion of free software. Uh, libraries under the lesser GPL provide a mechanism for getting software from a free system into a less and a more permissive system or in a more proprietary system um, so that they can spread the use of free software outward across all areas um, again what you're looking at here is is uh, at the heart of it um, software released under the lesser GPL allows you to um, to provide that software to be used or or linked in some way to proprietary uh, software, provided that the software that is being uh, the way that it's being used is not a derivative work in that it makes use of the library, it can make use of the output, but that software that makes use of it, that's linked to it in some way, is not required to be released itself under the GPL. So when using, uh, when you making use of LGPL libraries in your system, you are not required to release your software, so to speak, under the GPL license, provided again that it is a derivative work. Uh, get if you really are interested in using LGPL libraries or producing LGPL software uh really study the license and make sure you fully understand it um it's it is a little complicated with some respects make sure you understand what is whether or not your software would be considered a derivative work or not um probably the best place to start is of course the gnu 
uh, .org page under the licenses. Get familiar with the GPL. Get familiar with the lesser GPL. And for a nice little summary, go over and read the Wikipedia articles or entries for the uh, lesser GPL, which kind of gives an overview or a summary of it. Um, but for the intricacies and everything, you are going to be have to, to read the uh, LGPL and get with it that way. Uh, finally, you know, the GNU.org Foundation uh, provides some ideas of why you shouldn't use the LGPL when you should. Um, because uh, you, they, they, they say that you shouldn't use the LGPL because it allows for the inclusion of the library in proprietary software. Um, the whole point of, of free software is to break out the lock of proprietary software. Um, so while it, they recognize that in some cases it may be advantageous to provide uh, s- libraries for use in proprietary systems, they, they say that in all in best interests you shouldn't do that. When it is advantageous to use LGPL libraries is when a proprietary library already contains the same functionality as a GPL library. Uh, Examples that they had given to this in the GPL uh, on the GNU org site was um, the C library. There are various versions of the C library, the uh, GNU C compiler C library, uh, and let's say Microsoft C library. There's a lot of similarities between the libraries and the functions therein. There would be a great instance of why the C library, the GNU C libraries, are released under the lesser GPL because there are they they already exist and functionality exists both in the free world and in the proprietary world Um, an example of when you wouldn't want to release your library under the GPL that they gave was the readline libraries and software that the functionality of readline isn't necessarily uh, replicated in proprietary libraries so you you wouldn't want to because you according to the GNU foundation is you you don't want to give proprietary software advantages over free software because the whole idea is to convey freedom and the the freedoms under software and to avoid proprietary lock-in. Well, that was a lot to get through and a lot to digest. I am going to you know publish the notes from this on the, on the website there, uh, the HPR entry. I also recommend that you uh, listen to Eblin Moglin's uh, Eblin Moglin's interview that I posted last time. And also, if you already aren't listening to the Software Freedom Law show, you know, pick it up. It's great for understanding free software and and the freedoms underneath. And also, uh, episode episode two or three, however you want to count it personally. The speech that he gave on cloud computing and the Pharaoh GPL in there really pulls out some of the stuff that I was talking about and looking towards the future. And, and both of those those uh, speeches look towards the future of where we're going with regards to people's personal freedoms of software and data. Uh, I thank you. Keep on listening to Hacker Public Radio. Contribute where and when you can. Always looking for new people. And you have a great day. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net. So head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.